What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turf Talk. We are back here on our Thursday night regular schedule. Um, regular hosts of Turf Talk yes, as well. Um, the originals back here. Uh, we've been mixing it up the last two episodes. So Sunday we didn't have Mead here, and then Thursday, uh, of course, Dylan was at the uh, Eagles and Bucks game. So saved my happy mind. to be back here with my my co-host, my official co-host. Um, as you guys know, be sure you're following, subscribing to DSM Media. If you aren't following us on Twitter, it is at DSM underscore media. Make sure you're tapped in there. That's where we release a lot of our um, notifications of content, giveaways, all types of stuff going on there. And, of course, you can find the link tree right in the bio. You'll be able to find us on all the social media platforms, all the podcast platforms, and then, of course, our merch site. We got a bunch of merch up on that site right now, and it's just going to keep coming, guys. Um, as you guys know, we have partnered with Manscaped. We are happy to be officially partnered with Manscaped. Um, let me get, go ahead and dive right into it. DSM Media is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Mm -hmm. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With this exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code DSM at manscaped.com. Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. This upgraded trimmer includes a multi-function on and off switch that can engage a travel lock. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. And did I mention the wireless charging? The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic mag induction, which can help battery link last longer. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code DSM at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com using the code DSM. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will certainly thank you. They Shout out to Manscaped. You guys can find them on Twitter at Manscaped. Um, and of course, I do have to plug my, my co-host here at DylanJD98 on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Scotty Drown. Dylan, what's up, my man? I'm happy to be back on here with you. What's going on? It feels like... It's been forever since we did since we did a uh, turf talk episode together. Um, you mentioned it earlier last Thursday. I was at the Bucks Eagles game this past Sunday. You were you were at um you you were in Maryland or were recovering from a Maryland trip. Oh, recovering <laughs> yeah. from, from had a baby shower that included three kegs. So yeah, um, yeah I, I was recovering a bit. I didn't want to force anything, and we yeah. had we had plenty of our DSM guys uh, able to go. So um, I'll, I'll blame the host of that party for having my co-host out that Sunday. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been it's been over ten days since we've done a show together. I feel like it's been a while. A lot has happened in the in the world of the NFL. Um, and I can't wait to chop it up. It was a pretty exciting week six. Uh, yeah. A lot of stuff went on. I think I feel like we found a decent amount out about some of what 
you know, we view as the true contender so far yeah. in each conference are. Um, and, and that's what we'll get to to start off tonight's show. Yeah, of course. So what we'll first get into, um, obviously, we want to dig into a little bit of what happened in week six, um, starting with the Bills Titans recap, uh, the Monday night football nail biter came down to the last moments of the game. Um, I guess let's let's dive right into that game. Dylan, any initial takeaways from that game? Um, obviously, Derrick Henry's ridiculous, but, you know, aside from that. I didn't love the game plan um, of the Buffalo Bills and Sean McDermott. I don't know exactly what they were doing. Um, there was a lot of a lot of short yardage type of design plays, a lot of uh, Nick Sirianni textbook play call a night um, from the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen has one of, if not the best arm in the entire National Football League. Um, they are a high-powered offense, and the Titans do not have a very talented uh, group defensively. And you kind of just tried to dink and dunk your your way up and down the field, and the Titans were all over it for a large portion of the game. Um, even when the Bills would get up, it never feel it never felt like they got a they got enough ble- breathing room. Uh, against Tennessee, and at the end of the day, like you said, Derrick Henry comes alive, punches it across the pylon, what, three times on Monday night, yeah. and and that was it. I also hated hated the fourth down call. Now, I'm a little bit more biased uh, because I had a parlay ruined by Zach Moss needing 25 yards, and he finished with 24, um, it, and then Josh Allen uh, slipped trying to go for the fourth and one pickup, but I, that, that was my biggest takeaway. I don't know what the Bills are trying to do. They could have, I think, in my opinion, very easily moved the ball up and down the field against um, the Tennessee Titans defense, and they just chose not to. Yeah, and, and and I agree with you. It was a very odd game plan. You know, in most senses, you want to see Josh Allen stretch the field, really attack that defense that has been really weak. You know, throughout this season. Um, and they, they kind of le- allowed them to, you know, be comfortable, right? Like that, that was just kind of odd to me. Um, again, I'm drinking, I'm drinking the, uh, the light, the light sky blue moon. So I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, physically better, better to myself, 95 calories. Uh, but it tastes pretty good. It's got a little orange kick to it. It is a beer. It is not a seltzer. Um, I don't do the seltzers. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to follow up again on that, but no, um, ultimately my takeaway, I guess was on the other side as well. Um, the Titans, that was a signature win for their season this season yes. so far. Um, and with them trying to keep up, well, I shouldn't say keep up. They are leading the division. Um, but with them, you know, with the Colts kind of waking up recently, they're right on the coattails. That division is not very widespread and the Colts have looked very good the last two weeks. Mind you, it was the Texans. But they played the Ravens the week before that, I believe, and they took the Ravens to the wire, um, which we we will get into the Ravens a little bit later. But um, the Titans, that was, that was a signature win. My only concern coming out of there is that, you know, there was like these, you know, little whispers at the beginning of the season of Ryan Tannehill, like MVP candidate. And he is not fit. To sc- in fact, it's Derrick Henry is the MVP candidate in, in reality. Um, but Ryan Tannehill is going to have to wake up, step up at some point in this season. And then the other thing is Julio can't seem to stay healthy once again this season. Um, so those are two things that I'm kind of keeping my eye on with that, that offense. They're going to rely on their offense throughout this season. Their defense is not that good. 
Um, so I don't expect them to just turn it up at some point. Their offense is going to be the calling card for Tennessee. Um, but one question I got for you is Derek Henry, man, like he's got to be in the running for MVP. But like, yeah. is it even possible for a running back to beat out a quarterback in these in this day and age? If he keeps this up, yeah. Um, I know we kind of go through this every year with him the last couple yeah. of seasons, it feels like. And it's like, well, how can he not be in the conversation? And, you know, he rushes for over 2,000 yards and he's just a monster. But if he keeps this up and they win that division and they get into the playoffs, of course he, he's going to be in the conversation. Now the question is, how long does Arizona's winning streak keep up? How long does Kyler put up? just astronomical fantasy football type numbers because no matter how good Derrick Henry is, if the Cardinals go 13 and four, 14 and three, and Murray's putting up numbers like this week in and week out, blowing teams out of the water, he's not going to beat out a quarterback like that. But outside of Kyler Murray, I'd argue that Derrick Henry's number two right now. Um, I can't think of a quarterback, right? Like Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay's like turning it around. They're starting to win ball games, and we'll get into that Chicago game as well. But, you know, he's not, you know, putting up magical numbers. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is putting up numbers. That offense is moving the ball, but he's looking a little bit more earthly. I, earthly yeah, pedestrian. Not pedestrian. Um, That's a little too harsh. But no, Gint, yeah. no Gint, Not the QB with the 68 rating uh, on Sunday. <laughs> not the QB that was ninth through for like 180 yards. It wasn't him. Before this, uh, before this last weekend, you you had a legit case, and you still will at some point. It was a bad game, but um, uh, before this weekend, Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert was in the conversation as well. Justin Herbert looked pedestrian this weekend. Yeah, so I'd argue that it's Kyler one and Derrick Henry two. But of course, if somehow Kyler and the Cardinals, you know, come back down to earth a little bit, and Derrick Henry keeps up this type of of season, I I I think this. If any year, it's this year. Yeah. I mean, dude, he's putting up numbers. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. And just one other thing. I know we'll probably have a conversation about the MVP candidates at some point, like a real conversation. Tom Brady's another guy <laughs> that is right there, this 40-plus-year-old mother sucker. It just keeps getting – he just keeps playing at an outstanding level, and he's right in that conversation as well. Matthew Stafford. Lamar Jackson is, is in there. I just wouldn't put him up there with those guys just yet. Um we mentioned Kyler Murray, right? So let's let's get into a few of our takeaways from Week Six. Um, well, no, let me let me ask you one more question about this game. Actually, yeah, is this a concerning loss for you when you when you're talking about Buffalo? No, um, it was in Tennessee. It was a primetime night. I was I was actually watching it with with George Ryder here at DSM Media, and it was just sometimes primetime games are weird. Uh, we really not, not that the game wasn't high scoring; it ended up putting up what over sixty total points. But all throughout the game, we kind of fit. We kind of thought these offenses were going to turn it up from the beginning of the game, and they didn't. Yeah. It was weird. It was a primetime game. I did not like the play calling at whatsoever from Buffalo's point of view. Um, I just, you know what? It's it's t in Tennessee. Derrick Henry got the better of you, yeah. and and that's that's it. Move on. Um, I don't think it. I don't think it's concerning for Buffalo, but I do think it woke the Tennessee Titans up a little bit. Yeah, that's I, I actually agree with everything you just said right there. It's it's a bigger win for Tennessee than it is a loss for Buffalo. And Sean McDermott's a, a great coach. I'm sure that he can get that turned around. He he has a lot of experience, so hopefully he can you know take a few things away from that game and turn that around for Buffalo. Um, takeaways from Week Six. 
I'll go ahead and start with mine just because it is directly, you know, regarding Kyler Murray. Um, and you did mention him earlier when we were talking. So my first takeaway is that the Cardinals right now are clearly the best team in the league. Um, they're, they are a legit contender. Um, and I know we've, you know, we've been kind of on the fence of saying that, you know, the last few weeks, some maybe are a little bit more sold on the Cardinals, but uh, they're, they're looking really good. They blew the doors off of Cleveland. Um, which, mind you, Cleveland is really beat up right now. Yeah. But that defense is still legit. They still have a great pass rush, um, you know, for them to come out and drop 37 on Cleveland's head. So um, I still found it to be a, uh, a an impressive win for the Cardinals. And Kyler Murray, you mentioned him earlier. He's playing so clean, right? Like the turnovers are just not there. He has four interceptions on the season, 14 touchdowns. 67.6 QBR, which is third in the NFL, um, 1,741 yards. He's not running the football as much, which means he's not risking injury as much. Um, and ultimately, I think it's turning their offense into a better product whenever he is passed first. Um, so I'm very impressed with uh, Kyler Murray so far. My uh, question to you is, where does he rank? I know, I know as far as MVP candidates, he may be number one right now. Where does he rank as far as quarterbacks right now in general when we're speaking generally about quarterbacks and not necessarily most valuable player? Right. That's a very tough question um, because it's still like kind of difficult to put him in top five even. I know right. that sounds kind of crazy because you, you still have the GOAT playing at a high level. You, you see the way Aaron Rodgers is still playing at a high level. Matt Stafford in L.A. is playing at a high level. Um, obviously before injury, Russell Wilson was playing at a high level. Patrick Mahomes has looked more pedestrian, but let's get it straight. He's still Patrick Mahomes. So yeah. it's very strange where, you know, Dak Prescott's playing at a high level. Yeah. I'd say Kyler's probably at, uh, around the top five. I don't know if he's cracked it quite yet, but in terms of numbers and team wins, like that's, it is hard for me to say, oh, he's not top five right. when he's playing this well. And his team's the only undefeated team in the NFL atop the best div division in the NFL. But, um, yeah, I would say probably around like six-ish maybe. Yeah, I, I can I can get with you on that just because, you know, you don't want to buy into this season too much so far. Right. Um, there, there's a lot of variables that go into being, you know, one of those top five quarterbacks. So I, I could definitely agree with you there. Um, I'll shoot it your way. What, what was one of your takeaways from week six? This team's dynamic. Um, man, they, they really are offensively. I'm j I was just pulling up the box score, and – when this offense with the dual threat quarterback that Kyler Murray is, uh, when this offense can have two a two-headed running back duo of James Conner and Chase Edmonds um, punch off 20 rushes for over 110, 115 rushing yards, that's big time. Uh, when you have DeAndre Hopkins only snag three balls for 55 yards and still blow a team out of the water because two of those catches were for touchdowns, yeah. that's big time. Rondell Moore, who's one of the – you know, just burst onto the scene in week one this year, three catches for 16 yards, but you have AJ green turning the clocks back and being their lead, their lead receiver for 79 yards and a tutty Christian Kirk, five catches, 75 yards and a touchdown. They have so many weapons, so many playmakers. They have speed. They have size. They have athleticism. They are fantastic. The question I think, I think the reason we kind of held back from picking them to be this good before the season started was Kyler taking that next step as a pure passer in the NFL. Yeah. And he's 
he's shut everybody up so far. He has looked phenomenal. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. This this offense is dynamic, and they don't rely on – they're not putting everything on Kyler. Yeah. And like I just said, they ran the ball yeah. over 20 times. I mean, this dude, Jay Ward, four carries. Rondell Moore had three carries. Yeah. So they're getting other guys involved, um, and he's and, still putting up crazy-ass numbers. And, you know, that was you know kind of what I hinted at earlier, but – it, you you put it in a better sense just because I, I mentioned you know Kyler's not running the ball as much which he's not putting his body at harm as much we've seen him miss games you know at least last year I remember um, he missed a few games and that kind of cost the Cardinals you know a chance at the playoffs he's with him not having to be involved as much in the running game he's he's keeping his body healthy and that's that's always a good thing but you mentioned it well balanced with the run game they're give, they're getting their running backs involved and that's that's definitely what matters in the run game. Zach Ertz has added to the mix yeah. as well now. Yeah. <laughs> and I know, you know, it, it, maybe outside of Philly, even people with Philly were calling Zach Ertz wash. I think we've seen enough this season, and it's it's been very little amounts of exposure for Zach Ertz. But I've seen a lot of good things from Zach Ertz this season, and it's enough to make me think right. that he can really bounce back in Arizona. You can just see He's not going to get number one quarter anymore. Yeah, just go play. Like, that's it. He can still play. He can still strap him on, <laughs> lace up his cleats, and get out there and still play at a pretty damn high level. Everyone that was calling him washed up after a poor 2020 season really mind-boggled me. Um, shout out to Gint for that word. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, that, that's another, you know, asset that they have now over the middle of the field for Kyler Murray. And he's just going to – if he's anything like he was in Philadelphia, at the minimum, he's going to be a security blanket. On third and short situations, when plays break down, he's going to be open somewhere over the middle of the field for Kyler to rely on. And that is deadly when you have DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, and Rondell Moore on the outside. Okay? So this offense that was already maybe the most dynamic in the league, I know I keep throwing that word out there a lot (laughs) when I'm describing them, but that's the only word that comes to mind. That's how good they are. Um, It makes them that much more dangerous. And then you have their defense – where their defense um, has allowed points some weeks and, and other weeks they've really – like they beat the doors off of Tennessee in week one. Yeah. Um, their defense kind of makes timely plays. They get yeah. at the quarterback when it matters in a game. Like So their defense is opportunistic, and, and that really speaks to another team in the NFC that I want to talk to, want to talk about in a, in a little bit because um, I think it's time we have a conversation about them, even though it's going to be a little painful. But yeah, man, I, I think it said more about the Cardinals, obviously. The Browns are beat to shit. Um, obviously, yeah. Nick Chubb didn't play. Then they lose Kareem Hunt. And OBJ's banged up, and they still didn't have Jarvis Landry back. And then Baker, I don't know if you saw, the in, he came back from it, but that shoulder that was already bothering him, the way Literally, he got yeah. tackled and landed and had a body fall on his shoulder with his arm extended on the ground did not look good. They are really beat up. But I, you are right. It was surprising to see their defense get picked apart like that. And I think that's just a a testament to how good Kyler Murray and this Cardinals offense has been. Yeah, no, I I, I totally agree with you. That's that's very well said. Um, My next takeaway would be uh, specifically that Ravens and Chargers game. Yeah, yeah, we got to get to that. Mind you, I I picked the Chargers as my upset of the week last week. And uh, boy, did did they uh, turn out to prove me wrong. Um, So I guess, you know, the question I want to ask you, because we talked about it a a little earlier with Lamar Jackson, um, 
you know, very pedestrian game against the Chargers there. Um, 167 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, eight carries, 51 yards. They still won, and they won by a lot. Um, how good are the Ravens? Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I, I still can't get a read on them. Now, listen, when we get to another segment, I'm going to give them their credit because they cracked a certain list that we're going to talk about later. Yeah. Um, and it was impressive to see them win a game where, you know, their defense obviously was the strong point of the game, but they didn't fo- – it's not like they turned Justin Herbert over a bunch of times. They turned him over one time. Um, I did not like the Chargers' aggressiveness uh, in the first half. Yeah. He tried to be way too aggressive on his in his own territory early in the game when the game was still in reach. You do not do that. That Even when the Ravens just – your defense holds and gives up three, you know, now you're down 17 instead of punting, and maybe you'd only be down 14 or whatever. So yeah. I did not like their aggressiveness, their play calling early in the game. Herbert was was off 20, 22 of 39. I, like I mentioned, he did throw a pick, held under 200 yards passing. The biggest yeah. thing to me, dude, it was their – I mean, my God, I know they got down early, so it was hard to run the ball. But Justin Herbert was your lead rusher with two carries for 12 yards. Austin Eckler, six carries for seven yards. And yeah. Kelly, four carries for seven yards. Um, the Baltimore Ravens outgained the the LA Chargers, I think, one hundred and like eighty some rushing yards to twenty six rushing yards for the Chargers. That's the difference alone. And the Chargers yeah. were unable to move the ball up and down the field against the Ravens. Um, the Ravens' offense was nothing special. I mean, their running game was special. Lamar nineteen to twenty seven, hundred sixty seven yards, touchdown, two interceptions, three sacks. But they ran the ball at will again. Devontae Freeman, 53 yards. Lamar Jackson, 51 yards. Latavius Murray, 44 yards. Le'Veon Bell, 18 yards. They were able to pound the rock down the Chargers throat. The Chargers couldn't stop the run the whole game. The Ravens defense made a bunch of plays on third downs, getting the Chargers off the field. They got up early. And that's let's let's face it, that's when Lamar and this offense is is their best, is when they get a lead early and they can just run, run, run down your throat. And that's what they were able to do. But no, to answer no. how good they are, I, I don't know, man. Do you like did, like how, let, let me ask you? Did this win? Because it was an impressive win. We were speaking very highly of Justin Herbert and and the LA Chargers. So I'm not trying to take it away from them and be like, you know, one of those guys that speaks highly of a team. Then the Ravens and Lamar beat them, and I'm like, oh, who ca- who cares? I'm not saying that at all. But I still don't know how to judge them because it's not like Lamar went out there and won you a game like he's going to need to do in the playoffs. It's not like your defense came away with three turnovers and they turned I, – I don't know. I think it was just a sloppy game for the Chargers. They let it get away early, and the, the Ravens played good in the second half. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's similar to – well, I guess I shouldn't say it's similar to the Bills-Titans game because that game is a lot closer. But just from my perspective, per se, of the Chargers versus the Ravens, um, I think it's a huge win for the Ravens. Yeah, but for the Chargers, something was off that day. I, I don't expect them to come out and lay an egg like that again this season at all. Um, like you said, just very uncare uncharacteristic, you know, things that happened in that game for the Chargers. Um, when you're talking about 26 rushing yards, you know, Austin Eckler only what six carries. Yeah, that's that's very unchar- uncharacteristic for the Chargers. And uh, you've seen their coach, uh, Brandon Staley, he's he's hyped up the run game before, which is why it's so puzzling to me. And then you mentioned just the risks, the unnecessary risks that you're taking against a Baltimore team that loves to play with the lead. Um, 
it, it just shows that, you know, it, to me, it shows a little bit. Maybe he's just overly confident in his offense, but to me, it shows a lack of trust in your defense to stop Lamar yeah. Jackson. And uh, the Chargers defense is pretty good. So, you know, as far as trusting your defense, he, he's just got to, you know, look at this game. You don't want to throw it out because you got to take some takeaways from this game and really adjust to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Uh, but overall, I think it's a huge win for the Ravens. The Ravens are good. And, you know, they're beat up right now. They're getting, uh, you know, guys like Rashad Bateman back. Um, there's some guys they've lost through the season. They won't get back. But they've created, you know, a bunch of – a plethora of weapons in that that running back group um, between Latavius Murray, Devontae Freeman. They got Le'Veon Bell back there, which I know all of these guys are not the greatest running backs. But when you put them together, that's a pretty good group when you – They all score. They all score, right? So um, – and, and then the – I guess – the good and the bad of the, for the Ravens is that Lamar Jackson played that bad and you still won, but it's also the fact that Lamar Jackson played that bad, right? So it, it, you got to find your balance with that as well, but the Ravens... Well, that, that, that's my biggest thing, right? This wasn't a statement win by the Ravens <laughs> in which Lamar Jackson came out and was dominant and they beat the Chargers and he said, I'm the MVP, stop talking about Justin Herbert, blah, blah, blah. no. They beat the doors off of Justin Herbert, but Lamar had a horrible passing day. Like, three sacks, two INTs, a 68 rating. Like, that 19 to 27 for like 150 yards. That's terrible. So, yeah. that's why I'm confused. That Not confused, but that's why it's hard to answer the question of what, like, what did you learn? Because, all right, a good team win. Yeah, You're not going to win in the playoffs when Lamar plays like that. So yeah. that's what I need to believe in the Ravens and how good they are. I need to see them win games where Lamar Jackson plays like an MVP type of player. And that's not what I saw on Sunday. The rest of the games were were, all, were pretty weird, man. Um, a lot of blowouts on Sunday. Obviously, the Bengals going to Detroit and take down the Lions 34-11. to The Chiefs roll into Washington and beat them 31-13. to uh, The Colts take care of business in Indy 31-3. to The Rams against the Giants 38-11. Obviously, the Ravens, 34-6. Cardinals, 37-14. A lot of blowouts um, in week six. One of those I want to touch on. Yeah. I can't get a read on it. Uh, the Chiefs go into Washington. They drop 31. Their offense is putting up points week one and week, and week in and week out. Uh, they're moving the ball at will. But Patrick Mahomes just doesn't look like Patrick Mahomes this year. And I don't know what it is. He's... A lot of his turnovers are coming. Now, he's had a couple drops. Like, there was one on Sunday that went through Tyreek Hill's hands and was a pick, and I've seen that happen at least one or two other times this year. But he's also had at least three or four interceptions where it's just boneheaded, getting sacked, trying to make that everybody watch me put this top number one on top sports center, top ten, like, ridiculous plays, and they're not working this year. Um, And it's it's really – uh, I think it's really obviously that defense is terrible, but yeah. I think it's part of the reason this team is about an average uh, 500 ball club right now. And I just want to get your thoughts on how Patrick Mahomes has looked, um, because like I said, it, it's it's tough to criticize when they go on the road and beat a team 31 to 13. But if you and he put up almost 400 yards, but again, two interceptions, yeah. three sacks. He's got how many? One fumble. How many interceptions does he have this year? Seven or eight already. So while they're they're three and three and he's putting up numbers, 
he's turning the ball over at a high clip. Yeah, no, you're 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 exactly right. And you know, despite the gaudy passing yards, it's just not a clean game. And it's kind of what we talked about earlier with Kyler Murray and what he's you know changed about his game. He's having clean games now, and uh, Patrick Mahomes just really hasn't been able to put that together so far right, this because, season. Because that works against the Washington Football Team. That works against the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. That doesn't work come playoff time. That doesn't work against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. That's not going to work against the Cardinals. That's not going to work against the Rams. Yeah. It's not going to work against the Bills. So, like, it's it's weird, man. And we've seen it so far this season, right? They've lost to the Bills. They've lost to the Chargers. Um, they've lost to the Ravens as well. All three contenders in the AFC. That's not a good look. And then when you come out, you know, I know they ended up blowing the Washington football team out, but it was a it was a decently close game um, fairly throughout the game. So um, Patrick Mahomes, he's, he's got to just clean it up. He's got to, you know, take it back down to fundamentals, you know, stop trying to make the crazy plays. But the only two things that I can think of that may be, you know, pulling him a little bit out of his element, making him make some, you know, risky, bad decisions – um, is the fact, you know, you, you mentioned it, the defense is so bad. He Maybe he feels like he has to make up for that and score a lot of points. I, I'm not sure exactly if that's the case or if it's just the fact that he sees all these other quarterbacks getting all the attention and he's just trying to rein it back in. Now, that would be super egotistical. I'm not going to really accuse him of that. Right. Um, but just two things that crossed my mind as far as, you know, why such a talented quarterback that has shown us so much early in his career – it's just going through a little bit of a plateau here. Um, but it, it happens to the best of us. Um, I think it's a good learning lesson for the casual fan, right? Um, you know, you, you have quarterbacks that go through struggles sometimes. It, it's very simple. Sometimes they can't get out of their own head. Sometimes they got other things going on. And these are athletes in general. But, you know, even your favorite athletes can go through a struggle from time to time. I do expect Patrick Mahomes to bounce back at some point. But you just hope that it's not le- too late as far as how bad that defense is. You know, I haven't got a chance to take a look at their upcoming schedule, but they got to turn it around, right? Like the Chargers, yeah, they lost to the Ravens. The Chargers are a really good team. Raiders are four and two right now, right? Or am I am I wrong on that? No, I think two, they're right? four and two. They're four and two. Yeah, Unless- yeah, I remember because we're two and four. They're four and two. We play them this weekend, so the Raiders are right there you know, right behind the Chargers, if not with the same record, I believe now. Um, and then, you know, the Chiefs got to keep afloat with them. So that that division is no joke. Um, even the Broncos are three and three right now. So nobody's out of it in that division. So I'm with you. That I, I, It's hard to diagnose what's wrong with Patrick Mahomes because he's such a good quarterback. And usually we just don't see this from him. All right, man, I want to have an uncomfortable conversation with you <laughs> as an Eagles fan. How good are the Dallas Cowboys? We've put it off. We've put it off. We haven't really stood yeah. on them outside of Eagles, Cowboys, Monday Night Football. We've put it off. It's six weeks in. They've won five of six. They're good, dude. <laughs> like, let me, let me, let me just give a message to all the Eagles fans out there that have some sort of hope with this upcoming uh, schedule getting easier for the Eagles. And oh, they, they maybe we can win the division. No, you can't. Can't the, <laughs> the Cowboys are rolling? They're that good, um, and I think it's time we we have to acknowledge it. 
as painful as that is. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's kind of, I hate to say it. It's what we've kind of, I, I, I don't want to use the term scared, but it's kind of what we've been scared of in previous years of what the Dallas Cowboys can be. Right. And um, because we've always known what the offense is, the talent is every there. year. Like when you hear Stephen A. Smith say it, it's funny, but it's always been the truth though. Yeah. What, what will, what, what can go wrong will go wrong when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. And that's just not the case right now. Now I'm not saying this won't be a repeat of 2016 where they win 12 or 13 games and then they get booted in the first round of the playoffs. I don't know. That's that's TBD. But and as of right now, really tough. yeah, as of right now, they are a good ass football team. And what yeah. I'll say is Dak Prescott has come back and has had really no hiccups. I mean, dude, 36 of 51 for 445 and three touchdowns. The two-headed monster of Zeke. Who, by the way, looks like his old self for everyone they that's that out sat well, and washed up. And that Tony Pollard field. comes in and gives a nice change of pace type of running back, and they just kill you over, the, like on the outside or inside, dude. When you have CD Lamb, uh, 150 yards and two toddies in the game winner. You have Amari Cooper still playing at a high level, and they just get their tight ends involved. Like Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin just find ways to get open on third downs and in the red zone. It's uncanny. And that defense that that I and everyone's making was making fun of, they're still not a good defense. But guess what, Scott? They make timely plays. They turn teams over. Very opportunistic. Yes. And when you have maybe the defensive player of the year right now on the outside and Trevon Diggs, who had another pick for an, for a pick six on Sunday. Now, it, first of all, talk about a crazy-ass ending and a crazy-ass game because he gets a pick six. Everyone's going nuts. And I watched it. I was obviously at home. I wasn't in Foxborough watching the game. But when I tell you I saw – I didn't see – I wasn't sure Jones was going there. But when I tell you from the moment it happened, I saw them double move Trevon Diggs. Like, I saw the him bite. And I couldn't – and then I lost the receiver. I didn't see where he went on the field because the – camera wasn't in view yeah. and Jones unloads it. I'm like, Oh my God, they just double moved them and boom, touchdown right back down. And then here comes Dak right back down tie ball game overtime. Give me the ball. See you later. Like they are in, they are a good, good football team. That offense is one of the best in the league. And that defense is, you know, you summed it up perfectly. They're opt- They're opportunistic. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. That, that's a recipe for success in the in this day and age in the NFL. That the Chiefs yeah. that won the Super Bowl a couple years ago, their defense wasn't good. Yeah. But they made plays when it mattered. They got after the quarterback when it mattered. They turned you over when it mattered. And they had one of the, probably the best offense in football. Well, you're kind of seeing that play out right now in Dallas a little bit. And they're and right now they're playing without Demarcus Lawrence, which you know Michael Parsons and Randy Gregory have looked amazing as well. Randy Gregory is is a freaking monster. I mean We've we've made fun of him in the past for his off the field stuff. When he's on the field, he, he's a scary dude. Um, and I, I saw him. I, I think he it was Mac Jones that he just rocked uh, for a sack and a fumble, a strip fumble. But um, yeah, this this Cowboys team is looking very dangerous. Um, the offense, you you can pick your poison, right? Like you can try to stop the run. They're going to expose you in the pass game. And we saw it firsthand. Obviously, the Eagles don't have a great defense, but we saw that firsthand of them doing whatever they want on offense because the defense is just on their on their back heels. 
And um, there, you, you talked about Trayvon Diggs. I mean, yeah, he gets beat by the double move. That's going to happen when you're a corner that gets a lot of interceptions. But he's he's getting interceptions at in in pick sixes at like a ridiculous rate. You mentioned that he is the leading candidate for defensive player of the year, which you just do not see from cornerbacks very often. Um, and he's putting on a, a Deion Sanders esque type of performance so far this season. It, it's kind of ridiculous, but. Um, you know, I'm not going to take anything away from them. The only worry I guess you have as a Cowboys fan is that calf strain. They have a bye week right in time for that. So he can go ahead, rest, get right for the, you know, for that next week there. And uh, it's a scary team. It's a scary team. You do not want to play Dallas. Uh, you definitely don't want to play them in Jerry world. And, uh, you know, the, as far as, you know, going into the playoffs, as long as they can stay healthy, I'm not going to sit here and hype the Cowboys up too much because I'm, I'm starting to get sick. But <laughs> this team is, is very dangerous. And, uh, you know, as, as an Eagles fan, I am, I'm praying. That's, yeah, man. That, that well, well, that's, that's, why, that's why the people have to come to Turf Talk for, for, their football, uh, for their football talk because you're listening to Eagles fans give credit to the Dallas Cowboys. You're not going to find that anywhere else. But you know why? That's because we're realists. Scott, what am yeah. I going to say? The five and one Dallas Cowboys are garbage. They suck. Blah blah blah. And I'm not going to be that Eagles fan. They're a good football team. That if the Eagles the were five and team. one, I would. I may say that. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. No, if I'm just, I'm, five, I'm kidding, dude. If the Eagles are five and one and the Cowboys were four and two, five and one, I'd be like, bring it, f the Cowboys. Blah blah blah. No, the Eagles stink. The rest of the division stinks, and the Cowboys are running away with it in the first six weeks, and they're looking good. Okay, I'm not saying they're going to the Super Bowl. I don't believe that but they're a good freaking football team. All right, yeah. moving on. I, I think we covered just about everything. The one thing I wanted to say is that, um, you know, I just wanted to declare it. I am fully on the Bengals bandwagon. Um, I'm, I'm a Joey B. Stan. Love Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Everybody was talking shit on Jamar Chase in the preseason. This dude is electric. That combo is electric. They got a lot of other pieces in that offense, and their defenses look great. Got a huge test against the Baltimore Ravens this weekend. Yeah. So I will be keeping my eye on that game, but uh, just wanted to throw that in there. I'm on the Bengals. Uh, well, then guess what, buddy? Guess what we're talking about on Sunday morning? The <laughs> Bengals and the Ravens. <laughs> I, already, I already had it slated my game of the week, I swear. <laughs> All right, man. Let's get into our top five power rankings before we get into this Thursday night football matchup between yes, the Denver Broncos and the Cleveland Browns. Um, I'll just go through it real quick. I don't want to spend too much time. Yeah. Uh, on this because sometimes we let it get carried away here. <laughs> I'll go down from five to one and then I'll throw it to you. All right. Cool. At number five right now, I have the team and the man that still owns Chicago and that is Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Um, they haven't, you know, I don't think they've put it all together quite yet, but they're winning football games at the top of their division. Um, and Aaron Rodgers and that team are starting to get back to form after everyone. And, you know, myself included was like, what the hell is going on after a week one beatdown against the against Jameis Winston and the Saints? Well, that's that's far in the past, my friend. Number four, I said I would give credit where credit's due. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, how can you not have them in your top five right now uh, with yeah. the way that that team is playing? I believe they're five and one as well, right? Or are they four and two? They are five. Either, and one. either way, they are at top of the of a very tough. AFC North division uh, before last week. I will give credit. Lamar has had some suspect games, but he's also putting up ridiculous MVP type numbers. That yeah. defense, that rushing attack, they're number four. Number three, I got the defending champs, 
and Tom and the goat Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, you know, obviously you could, I could have them one or two as well, but I'm just going to put them three because I think the other two teams have the advantage right now because the LA Rams got back to form with a big time beat down in New York over the giants. That defense was smothering. I mean, what do you expect against Daniel Jones? But my God, I think they picked off Danny dimes three times, put him he put the ball on the ground. They were, the giants were a disaster. Thanks to the LA Rams. And at number one, I think, you know, we're going to agree here. And anyone who doesn't agree right now, you got to be a fan of a different team or their rival is the uh, Arizona Cardinals and the MVP right now. Kyler Murray, they're dominant. They, they, and they are just beating the dog shit out of yeah. teams week in and week out. That is my updated top five power rankings in the NFL. Scott, you're up. Yes, sir. So, um, I'm kind of on the same page as you. I think I have one team that's kind of off uh, from yours there. So I'll go ahead and start at five as well. I do have the Baltimore Ravens at number five for me. Um, five and one, huge wins. Uh, what I will say, Cowboys and Packers are right there. <laughs> they're right on the heels of the Ravens for me. Um, they're coming, but the Ravens' wins have been pretty good wins. Uh, they beat the Chargers, who I consider a contender. They beat the Chiefs. Um, and then they have beat the Colts team also, which I consider a good win because this Colts team has looked pretty good the last couple weeks. Yeah. And Carson Wentz looked great against the Ravens, and they were able to overcome that. Um, number four, I do have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, at 5-1. and one. Obviously, they come out of Philly, Thursday night football game. There's a little bit of buzz with that game. Obviously, nobody really thought the Eagles would beat the Buccaneers um, but there was just a lot of stuff in that in that week that just kind of wasn't going Tampa Bay's way as far as injuries, short week, that type of thing. Um, they overcame that very easily, took care of business in Philadelphia, and they're sitting at five and one. Um, they're coasting, right? Like I, I, I hate to use that term, um, but they're they're not they don't have to worry too much about the regular season. They should be able to take control of that division uh, very handedly. And they're going to win most of their games. Let's be honest. They're that talented on offense and defense. Um, so the Bucs are looking great. Um, number three, I still have the Buffalo Bills in my top five. It is concerning, right? It is concerning that loss. Um, but what I will say, just simple things can kind of fix that. They were one play, maybe even one inch from winning, right? Um, maybe one bad decision from winning on the goal line there, but just by calling that, that uh, play at the end. Um, still a very talented offense. Josh Allen is still playing at an MVP level. Um, and I expect them to turn it right back around. Um, number two, I'm with you, the LA Rams. I mean, we've been talking about them all season. Still my favorite to win the NFC, even though I do have the Cardinals at number one this week. Um, and for the last couple of weeks, by the way. Um, the, the thing about the Rams is that if you watch their games – they're still missing little things. You know what I mean? Like Matthew Stafford is still missing little throws here and there that could be touchdowns literally. Right. And they're still blowing teams away. So once they fix up those little things and they become the team that we really know them to be, which mind you, their defense had a great show in this week. They haven't been great throughout the season. They're going to pick it up at some point. Um, this Rams team hasn't even hit their ceiling yet. And that's exciting if you're a Rams fan. Um, and then the Arizona Cardinals, there's really nothing, not much negative you can say about them. Um, obviously, people had questions about their, you know, their defense. People had questions about if Kyler Murray can sustain this play. They look, you know, 
I, when I think about, you know, going into a game against Arizona, what do you take away from them? And how does that work in your favor? Because they got an answer for everything. And uh, I'm interested to see. They're going to lose at some point. I'm interested to see how that loss plays out and right. if it draws a lot of concerns and if that's, you know, them getting figured out at that point. Um, or they could just end up laying an egg. You know what I mean? So it'll be interesting to see how their season plays out, but they are off to a great start. I'm with you, man. Obviously, top two, top three, we have the same. Yeah. Um, it, mine, at least it, for mine, I have four of five being in the NFC. Yours is yeah. three of five being in the NFC. Kind of crazy. Um, I it, We will see if the Super Bowl champ comes out of the NFC this year. But moving on to uh, one more segment before we get into tonight's matchup and ultimately make our Thursday night picks, a little pigskin picks review for last week. Um, I was 2-0 and on the week with the Houston Colts as – the Houston Colts, the Indianapolis Colts beating the Houston Texans. Uh, that was my lock. And then I had the Las Vegas Raiders um, over the Denver Broncos as my upset. Uh, you're, you had the Rams over the Giants, and then you had the Chargers laying an egg against the Ravens. You were one and one last week. That brings the season. Well, I didn't hear your pick, so I put it, I chalked it up as what I thought it would be. Did you pick the Eagles or Bucks last Thursday? Oh, I did pick the Bucks. Yeah. Okay. Them. Okay. So on the year, uh, we are both six and zero on Thursday night uh, matchups. I am sixteen and one throughout the year for picks and picks. You are fifteen and two on the year for picks and picks. If only we were so patient enough to just bet the games that we pick on the show, <laughs> and we'd be um, up thousands of dollars so far what the hell's up with that man i'm losing money every single me too and here we are i'm almost we're almost undefeated throughout the week through six weeks picking games you're right i gotta really take that to the table and and really start rethinking what i'm doing here man that's a great point uh but yeah just a little recap there and then we will obviously our week seven thursday night matchup it's gonna be interesting to see where we go with this one as of right now the cleveland browns are one and a half point favorites at home uh, against the broncos so let's get into that matchup Boy, um, <laughs> Teddy Two Gloves versus Case Keenum. Uh, about 55 total injuries between the two teams. I'm not exaggerating. It's over 50 injuries through the two between the two teams uh, right now. Obviously, like we said, the Browns missing their, their quarterback and their dual threat back, uh, their dual back uh, field in Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt and Baker Mayfield. Um, that is definitely going to hinder that offense. Neither defense has played well over the last three or so weeks. I don't know, man. We might be staring at a primetime game that lays an egg because primetime games have been great so far through six weeks in the NFL. Uh, Really haven't had any complaints. This one with the injuries, not looking so good. What are your opening thoughts on tonight's matchup? Um, Yeah, the injuries. I mean, that's the storyline. Right. Um, no, I, you know, you mentioned Baker, Hunt, Chubb. It looks like OBJ is going to be good to go. Um, I don't know. Has Bridgewater been ruled active yet? I, I haven't seen. I, I think you know, he's good to go. Yeah. To go. He had like two injuries he's dealing with right now. One in the quadriceps and something with his like shoulder or his hand or something. No, nah, I believe um, he's good. Judy is still out for the Broncos. Uh, Bradley Chubb is still out as well. But what I would say, um, the Browns, you, you need to win this game. Uh, you know, the, the Broncos, I'm not very high on them in general, especially in that division. Um, they are three and three. They've dropped three in a row, uh, actually. 
So, you know, I'm not sold that the Broncos are really in it this season. Yes, they started 3-0. They played some bad teams. But the Browns, they got to keep pace with the Bengals and the Ravens. Now, luckily, the Ravens and the Bengals play each other this weekend, so that bodes well for the Browns. But the Browns need to get this W, regardless of if Baker's playing. Um, now, I've heard, you know, people say, you know, Case Keenum, he's been there. He's had his greatest time with, you know, so-and-so in – is it Kevin Stefanski over in Minnesota? We saw Case Keenum in Minnesota, bro. <laughs> I don't know what these people are smoking because that guy is not it. Um, I Blake, Bortles, Brown- Blake Bortles was also in a conference championship game that year. So <laughs> come on, come on, fellas. Be better. Be I think better. the Browns, they need to heavily rely on the uh, – I shouldn't say heavily rely on the, on the ground game, even though, you know, with those two backs out. They still got a decent offensive line, uh, but I do believe their two tackles are beat up as well. Um, but they they definitely got to balance out the offense for Case Keenum. He's not a guy that's going to be able to stand back there and sling it without making mistakes. Um, they do get Jarvis Landry back. As I said, OBJ is good to go, but not a guy that you want back there throwing 30-plus times. And the Broncos do have a pretty decent secondary. I know they got raided by Derek Carr last weekend, um, but – Derek Carr is a, a substantially better quarterback than Case Keenum. Um, and, you know, you, you hope if you're the Broncos, you got to get some pass, uh, some pressure on Case Keenum, make him force some mistakes, give your offense some easy go, uh, you know, some easy opportunities um, against that Browns defense. This is a game where the Browns defense needs to win them the game, right? Yeah, man. But I, listen, I just, I'm taking in everything you said, but I just can't get my mind off of one thing. Yeah. And that is my one game lead in pigskin picks is going to be up for grabs this week because going off of what you just said, I know your pick and I'm on the opposite end of this one. So we got, we got something to Interesting. look for tonight. We've I'm, got something to Dylan, I'm not going to lie to you. I did not pick the game before I came into this conversation. No. I did not, but I, I may make it interesting. I may make it interesting. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Because I'm I'm at a toss up. I'm at a 50-50 here. I, I really I mean you you bring up I mean, great points. The, the Denver Broncos were never a good team. They started off hot 3-0 with a terrible schedule. Um Teddy Two Gloves has come down to earth. Their defense has come back down to earth a little bit. They battle injuries. Obviously, Jerry Judy's been out for a couple weeks now. I think he went out in that Giants game in like week one or two. Um so they're not a very overly talented group. But that Cleveland Browns team is beat up. And normally I'd say, okay, well, they're missing their running backs and they're missing Baker. But Jarvis Landry comes back. They got two stud tight ends. OBJ's back. Maybe if Keenum comes in and and plays, you know, serviceable, that defense is good enough to slow down or stop Teddy Bridgewater and the Denver Broncos. But that defense – has been subpar for the last three or so weeks, yeah. giving up like 80 plus points in their last two games. Yeah. I believe. Now, again, that's to against Justin Herbert and the Chargers, and then Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. So it's you got to, I, 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 you got to give them some leadway there, right? But they haven't looked good, and that becomes a little bit demoralizing when you get hat when you get punched in the mouth like that two weeks in a row. I think it's going to be a low scoring, grinded out type of game. And I'm not a Teddy Bridgewater guy, but I'll tell you what, I'll take Teddy Bridgewater seven days out of the week and twice on Sundays <laughs> over Case Keenum, even with his two gloves. 
Okay. And you know, I you know when I was going through and I did foolishly play some parlays tonight. Oh, so did I. I got. Yeah. I'm addicted to gambling. I I'll admit it. I have no choice whenever there's a sporting event going on, especially in the NFL. Well, what are we sport? Listen, this is where the NFL and and you know DraftKings and FanDuel, you know, they partner up when they make the schedule, right? Because what else are we supposed to do on a Thursday night when the Browns and and the Broncos are playing each other? Now they didn't see these injuries upcoming, but come on, what what what, what are we going to do? We're going to yeah. sit at home and just you know play with our thumbs, no. right? And and what I wanted to share with you is that you know in my gut I just like I have like this gut feeling that Teddy Bridgewater is not going to finish the game, just because Ooh. I mentioned he does have like two injuries he's dealing with. So Drew Locke I, has I, to come in. Yeah, and, and then what I was going to say is I'll take Drew Locke over Case Keenum. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't let Drew Locke be listening to no young Jeezy on the sideline. Because <laughs> if he is, he's coming in, dialed in, let me tell you. Yes, man. I will take Drew Locke over Case yeah. Do not get it twisted. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, it, it's a toss-up for me tonight. There's just so yeah. many question marks. Yeah. You know Case Keenum is going to light Denver on fire tonight right now. <laughs> you know that's coming, right? Like, because we said here. we talked all this shit. Oh, I'll take Teddy Bridgewater. I'll take Tim Tebow. I'll take, I'll take anybody over over uh, over Case Keenum. He'll come in and throw for for three twenty and three touchdowns tonight. Man, <laughs> if he does, my goodness! Like who? You, so you brought up. Let's Harvard's let's talk against. a little gambling when it comes to this game, Scott. Yeah. Uh, who? You, what, what kind of parlays are you going with tonight? You you going? Are you leaning game? I'm staying away from picking the game. Yeah, um, no, I'm, of, I stayed of, away from the game. Of props tonight. Who you got any T D scores you like to find the end zone tonight? Um, so I do have Dearness Johnson. Uh he's the running back that's just gonna be filling in for Cleveland tonight. <laughs> they run the ball a lot, so I, I imagine they won't, you know, cut that trend. If they do get down in the red zone, I expect them to get in the end zone. Um the other one that I had Oh, I had uh, Melvin Gordon as well. So do I. I like Javante Williams in that backfield, but it seems like Melvin Gordon has got the bulk of the TDs this uh, yeah. season, so they like him in the red zone apparently, uh, which rightfully so. He's a he's a bigger guy. He can really push the line forward. Um, what else did I have? Uh, Cortland Sutton. I just had him over 40 receiving yards. Nothing crazy. Dude, dude we're, we're all around the same tonight. <laughs> I don't know uh, if that's good news any- or bad news for you. You got OBJ in the in the mix? Hell no, I don't no, know. Me neither. Me neither. Jarvis Landry? Nope. No. No. I, I uh, went Jarvis Landry over 25 uh, yards. That's like so one. This, you're not going to be able to read the words. I just want you to see the page because I write down my bets. Yeah. Uh, just to keep track. Uh, two of them are baseball parlays, but. I, <laughs> that's, I <feel> you though. <laughs> that's what we got here. I think I think the one I like the most though, there's two. Uh so one I do I firmly believe that Melvin Gordon's finding the end zone tonight at some point. So uh, I have a uh, Melvin Gordon anytime touchdown score. Uh Cortland Sutton over 50 receiving yards. Melvin Gordon over 40 rushing yards. Noah Fant over 25 receiving yards. Like uh 25 wins 196. Um then this one is a big one. Browns plus eight and a half. Now I do like the Denver Broncos to win this game, uh, but they're not going to win by nine plus points. Uh, right. Melvin Gore, uh, the over and all over of 30 and a half points for the game. 
Um, Melvin Gordon, anytime touchdown scorer, and Melvin Gordon over 34 and a half rushing yards. Uh, this was an odds boost on DraftKings. Okay. Um, yeah, that's two, not bad at all. $250 pays out $1,937. And it's like, if they can't get that, then what's going on in this game? Right, exactly. Right. <laughs> like, if Melvin Gordon can't get 35 or more rushing yards tonight. Like, the touchdown, you had the touchdown in there as well, right? Yes, yes. So, if, that would be the only thing. But, like I said, he's he's been kind of a touchdown machine this season. Because uh, I know I have a, I have him in fantasy in a couple leagues as well. Yeah, I hit a I hit a big one. Now this isn't a football bet, but got me back on track. I was red hot when hockey started back up, right? Like literally seven and one in my first eight hockey picks. Got hit, lit back up. NFL brought me back down to earth because I just keep trying to find that big parlay. I can't help myself. Uh, the Chargers also cost me six hundred fifty dollars in in winnings uh, over two parlays. So thank you for your upset pick there, Scott. Um, <laughs> but then, but then Monday night, uh, dude, it was amazing. I, it was like a four leg, three leg parlay for the Reds for the uh, for the Red Sox Astros. It was over nine runs. Kike Hernandez two plus hits, and um, and Kyle Tucker to hit a home run. And it was Kike just got a second hit. Kyle Tucker was up to bat. It was already nine nothing in like the fifth, and Kyle Tucker hit a three run home run, uh, <laughs> out of Fenway. Oh, that was, oh, that was nice. Right, that was nice. So, so Did you have any beers at, at, at that point? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we're back at it, baby. But yeah, man. All right. <laughs> what about before we move on, dude? Any NBA action because NBA always does me dirty with the party. I stayed away tonight. I stayed away tonight because I didn't. I didn't feel comfortable with any of the games. To be quite honest with you, like to put more like it, the first game or two for any team is tough. Like yeah, I, I had the Lakers minus three the other night. You think that hit? No, <laughs> right. Um, I like the Nets to beat the Bucks the other night. Did that happen? Hell no. So tonight, like you, you got Luca and the Mavs taking on Trey Young and the Hawks. That's going on right now. That's awesome, man. You got Giannis in the Bucks in their second game versus versus Jimmy and Kyle Lowry in the Heat in awesome. their first game, and then you got the Clippers minus Kawhi, I believe, going to Golden State to play Golden State, who just beat LeBron and the Lakers. Oh, yeah. So who? I'm staying away from the games. I did really like the over. Obviously, the game already started. I liked the over under for the Hawks. Mavs was at two twenty six. I liked the over in that game. I think there's yeah. going to be a lot of points scored in that one. But outside of that, I really, I really tried to stay away. Getting into any Sixers action tomorrow? Yeah. 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 Got to. <laughs> got to. Just gotta, remind me. Got to take the Sixers. Never put, <laughs> remind me to never put Danny Green in any more of my parlays. I had, no. I had one last night. He wasn't the only leg that I missed, but I had Danny That's, Green. Seven two plus made two. threes and seven and over seven and a half points. My man had one shot in the entire game. I'm like, Come on, bro. You you got to do that. I, I had one. I had a couple different parlays on that game, and Seth Curry I think cost me all of them. I didn't really? I don't think I had Danny in any of them. Yeah, Seth. I don't know. Seth might. I, I believe he only had like seven points, honestly. And no, I, I think he had more than that, Danny. I mean, I can look it up really He cool. didn't have a lot, but I, I think Seth's over-under was at like 14 or 15, so you probably had the over, and I don't know if he went over. 
Well, at least two of them. I only had them with like t over twelve points. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> let me uh, let me take a look here. So the Pelicans, but everything else I had like Maxi over fourteen and a half. Yeah, so did I. Yeah, Seth Curry had ten points, so I had him like right at the eleven and a half. Um, and then I had a couple where he was at the thirteen and a half or fourteen and a half. But mm -hmm. yeah, they uh, they cost me. Corkmoth stole all their points. I think I had him beat. No, and beat cost me too. I had him beat over twenty five. I think as well. So it wasn't just Seth. Yeah, man. I would love to sit yeah, here. And, I'd <laughs> love to sit here and talk about that Sixers win last night, but that's for another time and another show. Uh, sure. Before we wrap up tonight and get you and lead you guys into Thursday night football, Scotty, you know where I'm going. I got the Broncos tonight. Um, outright, I thought I liked the underdog in this one. Don't not a fan of Case Keenum. Too many injuries on the offensive side for the Browns. Ugly, low-scoring type of game. I do like the Broncos. Who do you got? I'm going to make it interesting, man. I'm going to go Browns tonight. Um, this is the first time that we have disagreed on a Thursday oh night. Oh, boy. Wow. Are, are we get, uh, is it tied up, or do I extend the lead to two games? Oh, man, Sunday? it's going to be interesting. But um, as far as the Browns win, it's, it's going to be a defensive win. They, they're going to need to put, force some turnovers, put, put Case Keenum in good positions, give him opportunities to score the football. I do agree with you. It's going to be a low-scoring one. All right, there you have it. The pigskin pickoff is up for grabs this week. <laughs> On this, what it's seeming to be boring, Teddy Two Gloves versus Case Keenum Thursday night match. Got to make it interesting somehow. Absolutely. Man. That is going to wrap up this week's episode of Turf Talk, or this Thursday edition episode of Turf Talk. We'll be right back at it live here on DSM Media, streaming to you guys live through our Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube channels on Sunday morning at 10 a.m., getting you ready for a full slate of Week 7 games and the Eagles and Raiders preview. Uh, for myself, you can follow me on Twitter at DylanJD98. And, of course, my co-host, give him a follow on Twitter at Scotty Drown. And why not, while you're at it, just hit uh, that follow button at DSM underscore media. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. I know Scotty is in the middle of doing a very uh, big giveaway with Scotty Talks NBA. Joel Embiid jersey giveaways in the mid um, is going on right now. Yep. Uh, and we have a ton more giveaways to do. We still are in the process of forgetting our previous winner. I'm having some issues with, with the <laughs> online order because, of course, they go out of stock right after we do the giveaway. Um, but we'll be getting that to him very shortly. Uh, and, of course, like I said, I'm wearing it right now. Very comfortable, yes, very nice, fits great, great design. Um, our, our merch is up on tpublic.com. If you go to DSM Media on Twitter, click the link tree uh, link in our bio, and our tpublic account is the first link that pops up. We've added three more uh, designs to it today. There is a sale going on right now. What's it? 30, 35% off. 35% off for, for all merch uh, on tpublic.com right now. So head on over there, DSM Media Store. If you want to support us, if you want to support any of the shows or the guys overall, we got a lot of big things coming in the works. And of course, head over to manscaped.com uh, and use our promo code DSM for 20% off and free worldwide shipping and um, and help us out there as well. For myself, for Scotty, for Turf Talk, and for DSM Media, have a great night. Okay.